0: I'm Tyler Reed for the Christ Presbyterian Academy Lions, and you're listening to the 615
1: Preps Podcast. And hey, a very pleasant hello and welcome to the 615 Preps Podcast, a show you can listen to between all your Black Friday shopping this week, and there should be plenty of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Listen to us. Why watch those two people fight over that last red scarf?
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're going to record fights in the store, make sure you turn your phone sideways and don't hold it vertical. Public it makes, service announcement. Yeah, that makes the it helpful. The more you
3: know. <laughs> that makes it helpful.
1: Alongside Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi, I'm Chris Brooks. Gentlemen, you know what to do.
3: What's up? How you doing?
1: We're in the semifinals for Division One. Man, it's Thanksgiving. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, along from trying to get... <laughs> awake from a turkey coma <laughs> on Thanksgiving. We've got football to talk about. So, loaded loaded show. So, let's dive right in. Division 2 put their championship games together last week and we'll talk about a couple of those games, a couple of Division 1 quarterfinals that had some interesting results to them. And then uh, we'll we'll pick who we think will win all of Division 1 games this week and who you got. On with the madness. Round three had plenty of it. Well, we start in Division Two, and we're going to actually start with Davidson Academy and Friendship Christian. Scott, I'm going to let you go with this twenty-seven ten. Davidson Academy, the Bears back to Cookville to try to defend their title from last year.
2: Yeah, this is a, a really a, a really great game. Good matchup. Uh, yeah, you couldn't ask for two teams to be uh, what you would have thought would have been more evenly matched coming out. Uh, The commanders really came out, uh, they came out really pumped up. It was really odd. I I will say that the bears came out focused because they literally walked through their banner. You know, most teams bust through their banner. The bears literally walked through it and just walked over to the sideline. They were there for business.
1: That's probably one of those banners that's actually already pre-cut. Because if if you're trying to walk through the paper banner, that's probably a little bit of, of a trouble.
2: Well, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't look at the engineering aspects of it. I, I just simply I'm did seeing
1: these. I, no, I was, I'm I, seeing these more and more. It's why I bring that up because, I mean, they have these, these real fancy banners that have logos yeah. and stuff like that. That way the cheerleader, cheerleaders don't have to, like, waste a bunch of paint or paper or whatever.
2: Well, if you want to see a picture of it, there's actually a
3: picture of it on our website. Hey, it's here like, on the 615 Pros podcast, we don't even just break down the game.
1: We break down <laughs> pregame and postgame. That's right. <laughs> you get all of it, every bit of it. <laughs>
2: It only took two plays for the commanders to, to get on the board. You know, they, they start out hot. They get a, a nice kick return. Uh, well, first of all, the, the you know, the game starts with a delay of game penalty on Davidson Academy kicker. <laughs> and and so, you know, at, and they get another face mask, face mask penalty, and it sets them up all the way down inside the 40-yard line. And two plays later, Jaheim Robinson, he scores. um from 36 and he was leading rusher. Yeah. I'll just tell you a little bit about what the defense was like. That was a 36 yard run. He was their leading rusher with 61 yards. Mm-hmm. So you can see what's coming. Uh, you know, Davidson Academy comes back, they get the answer back one yard, uh, Griffin Sweeney run. Uh, but it was just really was the friendship had trouble maintaining drives. Um, we'll talk to a little bit, talk to uh, Griffin Sweeney, uh, after the game, and uh, this is what uh, he had to say. Okay, I'm here with Griffin Sweeney after Davidson Academy's 27-10 to 10 win over Friendship Christian. Griffin, some big runs out of you tonight. You got him on the board. How you feeling tonight? Uh, I feel pretty good. You know, the objective was go out there, pound it down
4: my throat over and over again. <laughs> If we pounded it down their throat, break their will—that's what we usually do. Is what we've been trying to do all year, and it really worked out for us pretty well at the end. So. Yeah. So,
2: coming in, you know, this is a very talented offense. What was your, uh, what was your, your ideas about getting out there in front, getting, uh, getting on them early?
4: Well, we really, we really wanted, we really wanted the ball first to start, but we didn't win the coin toss. But once we, once we got out there. We were a little nervous, we were a little nervous because we, we didn't we didn't know if we were gonna be able to produce like we usually do against this tough French and Christian defense. But once we got our jitters out, that those first few runs, first few plays, we were like, oh yeah, we can totally do this. And we were just like if we get on them early, there's no way they can recuperate. If
2: we if we just pound the ball. Right. And now they they were playing really you guys really tough in the second half. And I think that 27 yard run you had was a backbreaker. Can you walk me through that play?
4: So um, my the left tackle Jalen Broughtman he pulls he pulls to the, to the right. I always follow him because you know he's a big body. I like to get I like to get lost behind my blockers so no one can see me. And then I cut and then when I cut I saw Jalen block basically. He pancaked the dude and I cut off his hip and I was like, okay, I'm gone because I saw all the green. I all had to worry about was his corner and I knew he wasn't going to catch
2: me. so Yeah, I thought I thought everybody knew you were gone at that point. <laughs> yeah. Now, hey, you're going back for another shot at a, at a state title, two in a row. You guys got to be feeling good about that.
4: No, we feel really good about it. We feel really good about it. Um, we, we've been talking about next game, next game, next game, but in the back of our minds, we're like, hey, we're going to get back to that state championship. We're going to win it. I think we I think we have a great shot of winning
2: state championship. So, yeah, he got a little bit ahead of me.
3: <laughs> I say this, that might be one of the best answers I've ever heard of somebody responding to take me through this. Yeah. Cuz you know sometimes yeah. like I saw a, a hole I ran, gave credit to everybody there, yeah. broke it down. I think that was a really good response, what he had to say. It's kind of
1: hard to do when you have just come off the field after a game like that to actually go into detail like that. It's kind of a Deshaun Watson-type answer if you look at it that way.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, again, the Bears did a great job on defense. Uh, Basically, you knew Seagraves was going to be trying to make his runs. They did a really good job of extending the runs out to the side, preventing the cutback lanes. Making it and, and making life pretty much miserable on them, forcing them to throw the ball, and uh, you know they, you know they forced them to pass. They had two interceptions, uh, one of them key that came later on from uh, both of them by Kelby Rice. Um, they did a really good job of mixing up run pass, very good job mixing up run pass. But to me, the key play, and this is, it was twenty to. Uh, twenty to ten, and uh, friendship gets the ball. Uh, gets a, uh, I'm sorry, Davidson has the ball. They fumble in exchange. Friendship gets the ball deep in Bears territory, deep in Bears territory, and they miss the field goal that would have cut it to a one score game. Davidson gets the ball again, and Davidson was held. I believe they were held to only like two yards in the third quarter. They could not move the ball either, and they have to punt the ball back. It's a short punt. They give the ball back, uh, and then uh, Davidson's defense holds. They hold on fourth down. Next series, uh, or maybe a series after that, was a series where uh, Sweeney ran that. But uh, we, talked to, we talked to Bryce Rawls, uh, not just about his offense, but about uh, their defensive play. <laughs> Okay, I'm here with Bryce Rawls after Davidson Academy's 27-10 to win semifinal victory over Friendship Christian here in Lebanon. Bryce, we can talk about your offense in a minute, but I want to talk about your defense and what you guys do. I know you were there at the linebacker position. Yes, uh, you, know, you made several key tackles. Tell me about that defense and shutting down Friendship Christian's running attack, especially in the second half.
5: Uh, our defense... It's amazing. Uh, We we knew coming into the game, it was Seagraves, their offense, just Seagraves. So we had to stop him and get him into passing situations. So we knew we could stop him on passing, so we had to get him running. Um, We practiced hard all week, just stopping on the run, stopping the run, and um, just defense hats off to him. did amazing. And now we go back to your offense,
2: Uh, several big throws, several big plays. What do you say about your tight end there, number 32? Making a couple of big catches for you on the scores.
5: Oh, uh, amazing catch! AJ is a phenomenal player. We've been playing forever. Always trust him. Don't throw it to him. Just amazing. But credit to my line. They block. They do everything for me. So hats off to my offense. Amazing job. They
2: jumped out ahead first off uh, at the beginning of the game. What did you guys?
5: What did you guys do to get yourselves back in that game and mentally to get back into it? Uh, we we knew uh, one score wasn't going to hurt us. So. Uh, you know, we came in here ready to go with a big surge. You know, everybody wanted to get back to state, feeling good. Just nothing was going to get us down. We're, we're family here, all close and tight.
2: Outstanding. Now you got it. going back to state, you got to be feeling good.
5: Oh, it's an amazing feeling. Uh,
2: uh, not sure exactly who you got. I think it's going to be University School of Jackson. Yes, sir. Um,
5: What are you guys going to do to get ready for that so you can get two in a row? Got to watch the film on them first. Uh, they, they run a lot, so – pass line. lot, so we got to get our defense ready and just have a good week of practice.
2: Awesome. Okay. So, that was Bryce Ross, quarterback. He had two touchdown passes in the game as well. Uh, again, uh, masterful job of coaching. Uh, you know, a, a very good game plan. It was a, a great atmosphere. And Mother Nature must be a, a football fan because the rain stayed off of us, which was really nice. Yeah, wow.
1: yeah it, it also uh, – also, awesome. man, stay off of me at CPA. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, we'll we'll dive into Division Two championship games more next week. But uh, a, a huge win for the Bears. Well, and I think
3: inside of this, too, that I don't think has been talked about much was that Coach McNeil, it was kind of a weird circumstance for him before. It was, yeah. Had a grandchild yeah. that was born day of kickoff, and mm-hmm. he made a couple trips back and forth to Nashville to the hospital. Yeah. And right. I think his grandchild was born day of game, like four thirty, five 35 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Right, yeah and so i i it was know a long day
2: for him yes yeah, yeah. and yeah. i know
3: for as you know as for a guy that's done this as long as he has and we've talked about this in past weeks about how everybody has a routine and everybody it's all time-based and you do this every friday i don't want to say that's the cause of what happened but you just you kind of take into, to effect of hey you know this guy had other things going on in his life that we hardly ever think about yep. when it's not on the football field. Yeah, I, right. think,
1: I think all things considered, it's still a great day for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: it, it could have ended, you know, it, yeah, it could have ended better. For, but, I mean, this team really, for being a team that just runs the ball and plays good defense, they they made a pretty good run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Davidson Academy is, is good. And, you know, they're multifunctional. Offense was the story here,
3: and what a turnaround from the beginning of the year. Because remember the the talk at the beginning was, well, another one of these teams where not going to be their year. They they have a mm-hmm. great year last year, not going to be the case this year, and they have really put that to put that to been, the uh, there have side.
1: Been, been a couple of those, and the uh, one just about like that is, is the one over at CPA yep. and the uh, Engel Martin's bunch back to Cookville as well. They take down game Academy 24-7. This was a game where CPA basically told Trent Dilfer's team, go ahead. I mean, we're going to run it down your throat, try and stop us. And then CPA threw maybe three passes in the entire game. Behind Cade Law and Tyler Reed, the Lions just rolled to more than 330 yards of, of rushing against the Mustangs in this one. Tyler Reed, 126 yards, two touchdowns, including a 66-yarder on the very third play of the game. To really set the tone in this one. And all night, it was just Lipscomb Academy really just fighting an uphill battle. The Mustangs in the third quarter got what they needed. They got a break out in the end zone and cut it to three points. And then special teams breaks their back. Reed Williford 84-yard kickoff return on the very next kickoff. And CPA's back up to a two-score game. Lipscomb Academy fought back again. Gets down to the one-yard line gets fourth and goal and and probably where I have a real problem with what coaches tend to do in this situation they line up in shotgun from the one try to run it up the middle and get stopped 3 yards in the backfield
2: yeah i don't understand that i don't understand that either you you're backing your backs up i mean i know that. i know that in theory it's they can read and then they can get a full head of steam but yeah
1: I mean, if you're running jet sweep, I get it. Maybe it's something just to get to the outside and race to the corner. But if you're going up the middle, there's no reason to run up shotgun. I, I say that in college games all the time, and it, it's just—he
2: does. I can tell. I, I can tell you, he does. Yeah, yeah. It, just because it, it, it didn't work out this time. No, no, no. He he feels shotgun the from
1: the one is a pet peeve for me. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to run it at the middle, go under center and go. But yeah. you know, I digress. The the big thing here, though, no, Trent Dilfer gambled a little bit right there could have went for a field goal to cut it to one score decided to go for a little more momentum i get that but i think the play call just didn't wasn't wasn't well done there
2: well and, i mean you know langston patterson i i, I wanted to mention him because he was the one who made that tackle on that fourth and one stop uh at the goal line but he had eight tackles he was uh, their defense like i said this this is as well coached team as i've As I think that there is out there right now.
1: We'll hear from Tyler Reed now after his big performance. Got Tyler Reed from CPA. Lions 24 7 winners over Lissigam Academy. They're headed back to Cookville to try to defend their state title. Tyler, big night for you. Two touchdowns. This is my final win. How are you feeling right now? I feel amazing.
0: I'm so happy. Uh, Man, the line popped off. They played so well. Uh, the blocks were there, the holes were there, and I was just ready to hit them. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited right now. I'm ready to
1: go to state and get a win. Uh, a big turning point in the game. Lips some scores, cuts it to three, and get a kick return for a touchdown yes, to turn it back in your favor. How big was that for momentum? Man, Reed
0: Wilford, number 20. A great job by him to just hit it, run full speed. Man, that was awesome. It was such a game. It was such a game changer. I was so happy to have that break.
1: Defensively, you guys held them in check in the first half. What was the key behind that?
0: Uh. I mean, just stopping the run. We knew they were going to try and run it. Uh, since we last played them, they started running it a little bit more. And also, we had to uh, shut down number 10 because that was their guy. That was the guy to pass to.
1: You guys had a tough start. You put a lot of tough competition. But now the reward, you're going back to try to get another ring. the yes, sir. I mean, how, how, how far has this team come along since week one? Well, you're about to see it state
0: because we're about to go play the same team we played week one. We lost 30-6, to six, so I'm ready to go get some redemption.
1: Well, you got a week to rest. Uh, go get ready for it. Yes, sir. Appreciate your time, and uh, good luck at state. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're, they're facing ECS again. Um, a little bit of revenge in their minds, but uh, he's right. They've come a long way since week one. The schedule obviously was brutal. And they've learned from it, and they're it, that. Mez battle tested as any team of the state.
2: Yeah, this was a big accomplishment for Engel Martin. This is a team that started zero and four, one and five, and lost so many seniors. And Engel Martin just, you know, he puts it together. They they win. Now,
1: well, speaking of head coach Engel Martin, let's hear from him now. Thanks for paying that bill. I did pay that bill today. <laughs> Head coach Ingle Martin at CPA, 24-7, winners over at Lisman Academy. Coach, congratulations. Going back to Cookville to try to defend it. Yes, sir. Uh,
0: really excited, you know. Um, really proud of our, our 2019 seniors, you know. This, this group's going to be remembered for being a courageous group of, uh, of young men, you know. Um, losing 31 seniors, and that's all anyone want to talk about. Uh, going 0-4, 1-5, that's all anyone want to talk about. And, and these guys didn't let their... Their, uh, their losses or their wins define them. They were defined by the way they treat each other, the way that they approach their business. Um, and uh, we're really excited to, to be together two more weeks.
1: You guys took care of business at all three phases. The kick return for a touchdown had to be the turning point of the game, did it?
0: Yeah, that was huge. You know, um, our special teams have been great all year. Uh, Steve Linger... Uh, and Trent Fisher, man, two guys that poured their heart and soul into it for those kids, and uh, those guys out there executed amazing. How about the play at Cade Law? I
1: mean, you got a sophomore quarterback. He's
0: basically guided this team back to Cookville. I mean, how has he really helped this offense go? Uh, he's done an amazing job. You know, he's uh, worked every week, and it's been something that that um, you know uh has taken uh steps you know every week gotten a little bit better got a little bit more confident and he had some really big uh first downs for us tonight for sure
1: now you guys have a week to prepare and get ready to go back to cook what's it going to take to bring home another goal ball
0: uh well i don't know i don't even know who won the other game so i have no idea but uh you know being um you know for our staff being able to go back and and having had some experience there you know i think uh our guys will do their best you know that's all you can do is, is control uh, your effort and your attitude and our coaches our players are going to do that in the next two weeks and be excited sounds good coach appreciate the time yes, sir. congratulations to win again yeah thank you thank you
1: i think the funny thing right there was that actually tyler reed knew that they were playing ecs before <laughs> engel martin did so i actually did the reed interview first and he knew right away it was ecs so that thought that was interesting but uh yeah, the Lions. Engel Martin's right, and it's all everybody wanted to talk about was the record and losing the seniors. Now all we can talk about is them playing for a state title.
2: Okay. Yeah, I talked about them two seconds ago, but you know, it was the story. I mean, honestly, you know, we knew this, you know, and we've seen it all year. This team doesn't lose in its division. Well, now. Yeah, I was about to say. I said that last
3: week. They don't lose region games, yep. and although it's not, not a region, count, excuse me, at not, as long, it's not count as a region game, but you know, they their defense lately has just been. Been Mm -hmm. dominant. 14 points to Chattanooga Christian, seven to Lipscomb Academy. And Lipscomb, in the games where they scored 24 or less, they're one and six this year. Their wins have come off putting big offensive outcomes, and that's just not going to happen against a CPA team like this. No, no.
1: They they gave Kyle McNamara no space to work in. He he really didn't get a lot of targets and didn't get a lot of action with the ball that night because CPA hadn't bottled up. And it was a great performance for the Lions defense, and now they're headed back to Cookville. So from one really good defense to another, MBA is back in Cookville as well with a 20-3 to 3 win at MUS, Scott.
2: Well, first of all, I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to plead when we get into uh, uh, our results from last week. I think I need to get half a point. Half a point. I, I, yeah, half a point. Because, uh-huh. I, yeah, I did pick MUS. But uh, what did I say? I said last week, if NBA scores 20 points, they will win. Oh, well, okay. and they scored twenty points. <laughs> uh, wow, I mean, what can you say about this? Is, this defense is just incredible. I mean, you're you know you're shutting down Mus. You're you're basically holding them to three points. That's insane. This defense is just unbelievable. You know, Marcel Reed he had a big game. Uh, you know, he had he was eleven for twenty pass, he had nine six yards. They their offense did enough. But let's face it, if, all they had to do was score four points and their offense did enough.
3: I mean, you look at MUS's offensive output this year, and it's – I mean, their season low before that game was 14 against NBA. NBA,
1: yeah. <laughs> You're at the point now where two teams this year have scored 20 points against NBA. Pearl Cohn did it in week two. Briar Crest did it in week four. Other than that, it's been under 20 and – Honestly, it's been under 10 in the playoffs. Well,
2: everybody has an off week now and then. (laughs) Ah, Right.
1: (laughs) But NBA will be the lone mid-state representative in that division as Ensworth didn't quite have the same fate.
2: Yeah, clock struck midnight for Cinderella there. (laughs) Yeah. You know – it's just it, it. It's almost like they ran out of time. They just made a few too many mistakes, mm-hmm. that, and and they and it cost them. Uh, you know, Bullock. You know, he did a really good job through the air, but he also had the three interceptions. Yep. Um, you know, the great. You know, I. You know, if you looked at Sunday morning yesterday, you got to see uh, uh, Keyshawn uh, with his uh, you got mossed catch. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, so it, it's just sad that it had to end that way, but. Uh, you know, they just, too many mistakes in inopportune times.
1: Yeah. Nashville Christian season also comes to an end of 28-7 loss against USJ. That one, a little bit of a shocker to some. Maybe not to others as USJ played them really close in the regular season.
3: Yeah, I would say probably a shocker to those in this area, and then those in USJ—they're probably thinking, eh, it's it's about what we were expecting." National Christian, really nice year. Yeah, I mean, they, really
2: nice year. But I think it was a shock to everybody in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might might have been a little bit.
3: A little bit. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I know it was a revenge game for USJ, um, but I mean, I, I did not I did not see this coming. Not being able to score more than seven points. This that, you know, they've had a, a good offensive output all year.
3: That just shows you though, even going back to the NBA game now, that defense this time of the year, and although now in football it's who can put up 50, 60 points a game, defense travels this time of the year, and defense ultimately is going to help you win championships. Right. You wouldn't point to that NBA offense and go, oh, yeah, those guys, are they got a really good shot at winning. Right. you think, no, they, they, they're done in the first round. But defense can find you find you a way to just stay in games, and all you need is a score or two, and, and you're good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For all the cliches and and all that, you hate, to, you
3: hate to keep going over them, but it's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, it's you
2: know, it's just like any other cliche. There's a re- there's a reason behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that and that's what it is.
3: It's
1: rooted in truth. Yeah. Your yep.
2: defense is right now. It, what you are you're, you're taking away what got them there all year, and force them. Forcing teams to play outside of their comfort zone, or and and you either adapt like CPA did, yep. where where it was we're not going to throw it all, we're going to line up, we're going to run it at you, and then we're going to run some more,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or or you are confused and and scrambling. I mean, bottom line is that you're right, Christian.
3: The good defenses travel right now. Well, in defenses right now too, you with so many teams. I'm not going to say everybody runs the same thing on offense. But it's not like we have as many teams throwing out the wing tee anymore. No. What you see on most Fridays is—I'm not going to say it's generic—but you can kind of see most teams running in a similar style of offense. You're right. You're not having to implement a different a different defensive game plan every week. You're—it's pretty much the same every team you play.
2: Yeah, and and you've had enough practice at it during yes. the year that. It really is not, you know,
3: nothing that you haven't seen. Especially when you play that team for the second time right. coming around. Exactly.
1: Let's roll through some of the other scores real, real quickly. Uh, in 2A, Trousteau County gets revenge on Watertown. They win 22-19. They're back to the semifinals for the second straight year. They'll face Meigs County. We'll talk about that game in a bit. In 3A, Pearl Kona, 28-21, winner over Giles County. 4A, Nolansville 42, to DeKalb County 6. Springfield 28, Hardin County 21. In 5A, Summit 20, Shelbyville 12. In 6A, Ravenwood 34, Brentwood 6, Oakland 31, Blackman 14. Out of those scores, what jumps off the page at you? I think the
3: difference in the Nolansville score kind of – what was that score? What'd you 42-6. Say? Yeah, the the, dif- the difference in that one, especially as we were c- kind of comparing and talking about just decab making it to that point about both teams, they – it took Nolansville three years, it took DeKalb fifty something years to get to this point. I thought DeKalb would have come in and put up a good a good fight against Nolansville, but I think we've seen now what kind of what kind of team the Knights have there. Yep. Yep. What gets me
2: is uh, how quickly things turn with Shelbyville and Summit. You know, Shelbyville jumps out twelve to nothing, really has a chance to even compound on that mm-hmm. and make it at least eighteen to twenty to nothing. They do that and it's a totally different game in my opinion. Yeah. But instead, Summit comes back gets on the board, and then scores again and walks into the into the locker room at halftime, up 14-13. to 13. That was a backbreaker for Shelbyville.
3: Look. A score that made so much sense when you said it, and it was almost kind of like what it, all of us would think of, is the Trousdale-Watertown game. Yeah. A, a three-point yeah. game. Either, yeah. either way, that one was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Watertown, makes sense.
1: Watertown had a chance, like the regular season, to win it in the end, and then they turned it over late this what, time.
3: But what a gutsy punt fake.
2: What a gutsy play oh, yeah. yeah. by Satterfield. That uh, kept the drive going, and it ended with the, uh, the the score.
3: And the I'm bought in now on the whole Ravenwood thing. I've picked against them the last two weeks, <laughs> and I think we're right. And I even said this earlier in the year about these guys are just waiting to get to the playoffs. Yeah. This team's built for November. I don't know why I, for some reason, forgot what I said two months ago. <laughs> but just the way that they dominated the
1: Bruins at Brentwood – that's impressive. A lot of that, though, was self-inflicted by Brentwood. Well, when you have four fumbles and, yeah. you, and you turn it over like that, you know, and losing K. Granzo to injury didn't help matters at all.
2: Yeah, that that was shocking to me when when I heard the score. Well, in fact, I I think I texted you, you yeah, know, once I saw that score yeah. and you and you told me what was going on there. Yeah, and, and it, it it shocked me. So yeah. yeah, I thought that one was a. That one was very, very surprising considering.
3: And I thought at least to that Brentwood defense, just seeing how good they were the week prior against Independence. But, look, like I said, I think Ravenwood's a, and we've said it too, a team that is built for this time of year, and they, they're really showing it right now.
2: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to throw some love to Chris, although I'd really hate to do this. He called <laughs> it Kevontae White, uh, Springfield, scoring. You know, I, I was all over Hudson building him up and – Chris was quick to say, yeah, he's good, but White's going to be the one. And,
1: sure enough. Since we're at that point, why don't we go ahead and talk about our Players of the Week. Since you've thrown out Kevontae White, I'll give you his numbers. 24 carries, 183 yards, three touchdowns. Springfield, 28-21 winners in overtime, too. We didn't mention that. They had to work a little overtime to get to the semifinals again.
2: well. I, I, I'm going to counter with a uh, Ravenwood uh, uh, in that 34-6 win. I'm going to go with Brian Garcia, 14, uh, attempt I mean, 14 completions, 22 attempts, 218 yards, three touchdowns, and one rushing TD.
1: Give me another runner, Ryan Pistolka from Nolensville, 14 carries, 166 yards, three touchdowns, in their 42-6 win.
2: I'm going to counter with another QB then, uh, Destin Wade for Summit, 11 of 16 for 101 yards and a no touchdown. And twenty-five rushes for eighty-eight yards and two touchdowns in their twenty-to-twelve win over Shelbyville.
1: We haven't had a defender on the list in a while, but I'm putting one there: Dominic Aluko, NBA, three interceptions in the Big Red victory.
2: I'm gonna go back to running backs. I'm going Tyler Reed, running back for CPA, fifteen attempts, hundred twenty-three yards, two touchdowns in their win over Lipscomb.
1: Those are those are our three each.
3: When we get back to defense, finally, and three picks, you got to go with that. That's yeah. my that's mine. That was I'm, gonna be mine too. I'm, I'm for it.
1: All right. Unanimous selection, Dominic Loco from Montgomery Bell Academy, three interceptions, and player of the week honors for week three of the postseason. With that, we're going to take a break. We will dive into the games for this week after this. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Back in a bit from Sweeney, I play running back for
4: Davidson Academy, and you're listening to the 615 Preps
1: Podcast. Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast. Going to change it up a little bit this week. We're going to go ahead and go right to who you got. We'll talk about each game as we go through it, a little bit more of a preview style type who you got this week. Uh, but first, the results from last week. I went 9-1. and one. I'm pretty proud about that. I'm happy with that. Yeah. It's a bounce yeah. back week. I'm still in second place, though. Mm-hmm. Scott went 8-2. and two. Christian went 7-3. and three, And the Twitter voters 8-2. and two. So I had a well, good week.
3: I still drag the drag up the rear <laughs> uh,
1: seven
2: three. It, when you start getting to these games, it, it, it gets a lot tougher. Seven yeah. and three is nothing to nothing
1: to Scott, sneeze you to. and I got to work some work to do because the Twitter voters have a three game lead on us.
2: As I said, when you get to this level, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we'll start in class two, a Trialsdale County looking for a, a second straight win over Megs County in the semifinal, but they got to go on the road this time.
3: Yeah, and no, it's Trousdale County after going down the wire again to Watertown, a really hard-fought win. The thing I look at in the, these two matchups, both team has one loss. Trousdale's was to Watertown the, the second week of the season. And then for Megs, theirs was about midway point against South Pittsburgh, 27-16. I think Trousdale's been a little bit more battle-tested. Uh, you look at some of the the results for Megs they have just been blowing opponents out and that's look they're saying hey they're a really good team I just like the way Trousdale has has played this year and especially since that since that week two loss to Watertown I like them in this matchup even though they're look last week was tough for them Mm -hmm. they had to they had to give everything they had I think they've they've got enough now to get to the next level and uh, be the one of the final two in that class
2: well, I mean, last last week was a ma- uh, matter of two teams that knew each other well, yep, um, and matched up well. I think Meigs um, County features a uh, Mr. Football finalist, running back Aaron Swafford. He had uh, three hundred thirteen yards and four touchdowns last week against Oneida, um, but they also forced several special teams miscues, uh, only allowed two hundred twenty total yards. Trousdale's defense is going to have to contain Swafford and Meadows. They're, they're just going they're going to have to, but they have. Uh, they have. I agree with you that, Meigs County has not played the schedule that Trousdale County has. I think the Trousdale's team speed may be something that Meigs County may not have seen yet. Uh, I'm, I'm not not knowing uh, all the teams they played, but uh, I'm I'm also going to go with Trousdale County in this game.
1: They're going to have to draw a lot off of last year's semifinal game in Hartsville to to really kind of see what they're up against and still, like you guys have said, they're battle-tested. They've been able to win the close games other than the first loss against Watertown. They've won 10 in a row, and they score in 39.1 points per game during the winning streak. Cameron Rankins, Kobe Ford, that bunch is going to have a big role in what happens in this one. And even though they've got to drive 136 miles to Meigs County to play that game, I think Trousteel County also comes home with a win there. I like the Yellow Jackets to get back to Cookville to try to get the 2 way title back.
3: That defense, especially for Trousdale, they've given up 20 points or more just one time this year, and that was against Jackson County. Megs County has done it three times. So I think although Megs is they've got a really great record, their defense might not be as good as the Yellow Jackets. And as we said earlier, defense tends to travel. That's why I, I sided with Trousdale.
1: We'll move on to 3A now. and another rematch of a semifinal from two years ago, Covington will travel the Pearl Cone to – tried to avenge a or actually tried to duplicate what they did to the firebirds two years ago covington won 28 in 2017 the firebirds are still looking for that perfect season and they get to host again
2: yeah the charge has been the runner-up for the past two years and they've lost alcoa both years uh they're really trying to to get back and and finish one of these off uh, they got here uh they were number three in the region seven they knocked off melrose And then they avenged the loss to South Gibson, and then they beat uh, Woodsdale. Um, They average 285 yards per game rushing, and they only allow 135 yards per game. This is a really solid defense, and this is a a team I don't know that Pearl Cone has seen the likes of this year. Um, They've got a 1,000-yard rusher in Marcus Hayes. He's back from injury. Martino Owens is going to have to be accurate. They're going to have to put the ball up. But the burden is going to be on the offensive line to get Breedlove and Dayton room to run. They're going to have to control the line of scrimmage. This is one of those games where my head's telling me to pick Covington. I'm going to go Pearl Cone because I believe in Tony Brunetti. I believe that this team has a mission. And I think that they feel like they're representing the mid-state here, and the Metro schools. And I think that means something to them.
3: I think you nailed it when you said the Metro thing because that's been the question for a long, like, who's the next Metro school that can get out of this? And there's been so much news, especially this year, about what's wrong with football and Metro. And I think Coach Brunetti and that squad, you talked about them not seeing a team like Covington. They've been Covington this year. They, they've been the opponents that's just really up into the playoffs. This defense has just been really taking care of business. Uh, so many shutouts this year, and really good teams. at The East Nashville game that we covered, Covington, and I think we touched on it with the travel. I sometimes in these situations, I think being at home for Pearl, I think that's a huge advantage in this one. And I, I kind of almost agree with what Scott said. Everything here wants you to point to Covington. I just I think the Firebirds being at home is a is a huge advantage for the squad, and I think they get Metro back to the state championship.
1: Yeah, you talk about the travel, and every one of these semifinal games has that as a theme because yep. of the distances between the schools. Pearl Cone was the last Metro winner in 1997. They are carrying the weight of an entire county basically on their shoulders, but perfection is something that they're desperately seeking. And I expect a wild crowd of Pearl Cone on a Friday night. And To me, I think the Firebirds, they've come a long way. They were really, really erratic as far as penalties and turnovers in a couple of games this year. They've tightened that up in the postseason. And I like Pearl Cone to, to make it back to Cookville for the first time in a bit. Um, give me the Firebirds in that one as well. Wow. On to Foray. a and Elizabethton. I'm going to start with this. Nope. Nolensville has the longest trip of anybody this week. They have to go 308 miles Ooh, to Elizabethton. Wow. wow. Which is a, nearly a five-hour drive to the northeast. Because Elizabethton's near Johnson City.
3: Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well <laughs> done.
1: Well done. Well, maybe they Thank
2: should you. just, you uh, know, maybe they should just, you know, pack the turkey and head out on Thursday.
1: Yeah, but you probably can't do any Black Friday shopping, or at least it has to be like at 4 a.m. if you're going to do it. Uh, if you're well, do hey, it you going uh, hey, that's about the
3: time to do it
2: anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, they just pull over in Knoxville while they're
1: <laughs> again turn your phones to the side if you record any fights. There you that's go. it. But the the Knights have to go a long way for their first ever semifinal and Elizabethton knocked off Greenville in the in the quarterfinals to to set this matchup up.
3: What a response has been from the Knights at the end of the, the regular season to the playoffs. End of the regular season, you take on Franklin a two point loss, and then Marshall County just wasn't their night losing by sixteen. Since they've gotten in the playoffs, it's been they've really just worked through these opponents. Uh, Forty-point win over Macon County, thirty-three-seven over Livingston, DeKalb County, forty-two-six. Being what they have done so far, I think, and I know we just brought up the travel. I think this one, especially with us, as far as they've got to go, and I've I've been on a couple of these trips when that 6A thing, everybody made it, and mid-state teams were going to Memphis. That's a, a lot on a coaching staff. We've already talked about how they like plan out pregame. You're planning yeah. out a full day in advance from 6 a.m. on. Right. And this Elizabethan team, let's not even just talk about travel, just the way that the, the Cyclones have, have played this year of Elizabethan. They they're on a huge streak, thirteen and zero, and it's it's much of the same. Their defense they've given given up some point totals this year, but they've been able to respond in all those outcomes. I, I'm going to go inside with the Fighting Cyclones. As much as I want to see this Nolensville team continue, I just think this this story run might come in, to an end on Black Friday. Yeah. yeah,
2: I looked at this Elizabethan team very hard, looking for where Nolensville is going to get an advantage. Um, and it's difficult to find it. They have you know, the Cyclones average 158 yards passing per game, 204 yards rushing. Uh, they have a solid kicking game. They their PATs 64 out of 66. They no made special teams. six out of seven field goals this year. Um, so their their special teams are solid. Defensively, they have 13 picks, average one a game. You know that 16 sacks. This is a good defense and. They have a quarterback in Bryson Rollins that's a run-pass threat. He's a 2,000-yard passer. They have a 1,400-yard rusher in Cade Maupin. I just don't know if Nolansville can put enough points on the board to stay with this team. I'm going to Elizabethton.
1: It's a long way to go for Nolansville. They're going to have a lot of attention on Tim Kuchrus, as they should. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to call this kid's name out again for the second time this episode, Ryan Pistolka. He's the key to that offense this week. If he has another solid game for the Knights, you get Kooters open for one or two big plays, and all of a sudden, there's momentum. It's going to come down to Pistulka and ryder Gallardi making plays and just keeping Elizabeth's defense honest. Can they do that? I think they can. I said it at the very beginning of the season. I thought they had a chance to win their first state title. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to take Nolansville to win and get to Cookville. In the four A title game.
2: Well done, well done. Sticking with your team. Now
1: I like. that. Well, let's not call it my team. Now, hold on there.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> but you called that at the beginning, right? Yeah, we, we all had to pick one, right? I'm just
1: saying. I'm yeah, sticking I'm, my guns well, I'm there. just
2: saying. We all had to pick one, and, then, <laughs> and mine mine went by the wayside. I don't want people to Christians think. I don't want th- yeah. think
1: people to think the wrong thing.
2: Well, don't think the wrong thing. It was a team he picked.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Who the knights might face in that championship game would come out of the Haywood Springfield semifinal, another rematch. In fact, this is the third straight year these teams will afflate each other in the semifinal round, and Springfield's turn to host again.
2: Yeah, and the home teams won the first, uh, have won each time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you're a believer in the fickle finger of fate, then there you go. Um, you know, Tomcats got in uh, with a 41 to 35 win over Crockett. Uh, they're the number one seed out of Region Seven. They were last year's runner-up. They lost to Greenville. They've got a strong middle linebacker that uh, that I really like in Traverius Barker. He had 11 tackles against Crockett County. They've got a good quarterback. He runs the read well. He can throw accurately. I think Springfield will need to control the clock. But you know what? I'm a big you know, I'm a big believer in Springfield this year. I think that you know starting out they they weathered that rough storm. And and now they're really doing, you know, they're really playing well. Uh, White and, uh, you know, he can control a game. He can control that clock. Their defense is playing well. I'm going to go Springfield here
3: you you said the thing about if you're a guy that believes in the the home field with both these teams winning the past uh two times they've met each other the home teams won i believe in it especially with yeah. springfield i gave the stat last week they were 17 and 18 in their past home games well after the win last week they're 18 of 19 i think they moved to 19 and 20 just the way that Springfield has, has started the year against Wilson Central, 37-7, to and then they've hit some bump, bumps in the road. Marshall County, 42-12, to Montgomery Central, 13-10. Since then, though, they've they've been on a roll, and as we said about some other teams, they've been battle-tested, especially last week in overtime. I think them being at home is a huge advantage for the Yellow Jackets. They just seem to play better there, and that's why I'm going to uh, go with them in this matchup.
2: Well, Haywood likes to – they love to – run the slant, they run, they run uh, off the corners, off the edges, uh, look for the cutback. They like wide receiver screens. I think that Springfield's linebackers, as fast as they are, actually can neutralize that and force them to go north-south. That's why I like Springfield's defense.
1: Yeah, home field for Springfield is a great place to be. We've already talked about those numbers since they got to the new field. Kevontae White, no reason why he can't have another big game this week. No reason why Springfield can't get back to Cookville. I'm taking the yellow jackets as well. Five A, Dyer County at Summit. And Summit looking for their first trip to the state championship game. They're in uncharted territory as well.
3: Yeah, they are and what a ride it's been. Starting from week one of the the playoffs for just can't get to the can't get to Gallatin in time and everything they've done since then. I just think this team is they, they found a way and especially ever since both Wade brothers have been healthy after the first page matchup they've played really really well they are controlling the clock they're running the ball and their defense playing well too yes they got a they got a really tough time with this dire team that they're about to face but I'm just gonna ride with the Spartans here just because of what they've done and uh, it's worked out for me pretty well the last couple weeks
2: (laughs) well this this Dyer County team kinda it's hard to get a handle on them I mean they didn't score last week against Henry County until a minute left in the first half. And then they trailed 24-7 to in the third quarter until there was one minute left. And then it became the LaQuentin Wells show after that, and he scored 24 straight points. Okay, so this team, you know, really had, had one quarter where they just really, really dominated Henry County. Um, but they do put up points. They averaged 33.4 a game. Uh, they had a common opponent, Clarksville Northwest. Uh, both of them beat Summit. Beat them 30 to three. Dyer County beat them 63 to seven. Uh, but you can't go by score just knowing they beat them. Christian, I'm I'm kind of like you. I, I I think Summit. I think Summit has it to win this game. I do. I think they've. I think the Wade brothers can can do this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Summit. Uh, it's another one of those things where it's yelling at me in my head. I'm going, say Dyer County. You, you, yeah. But for some reason, Summit is just – the Spartans are out there.
3: Well, and who in the world would have thought that this three seed would have been playing a, a home quarter – or a home semifinal game? Yeah. Good point. Yeah, the way, <laughs> it's worked point. Out,
1: the way it's worked out, it's worked out well for Summit. The key number for me is 27. Summit has – is 10 of them when they score 27 or more points this year. Dyer County scored twenty-seven points once. They've scored more than that in every other game this year. So mm. this could be a lot. This could be fireworks this week. It yeah. be a very high-scoring game with these two teams. I want to see if Summit can can win that boat race, and and maybe the Spartans are a team of destiny. I don't know. And the the whole bus thing in Gallatin, and the yeah. the, the wins over Page and, and Shelbyville. Maybe they are. And and I'll give them the benefit of a doubt here. I'm gonna go Summit as well.
3: And the crazy thing about all this is that how young
1: they are. Yes. Oh yeah, that's the dangerous thing that's about this, them.
3: Yeah, I don't want to look too far down and want to keep the focus on this. But both the Wade brothers being just sophomores, yeah, that's what's crazy about all this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And and both of them both of them were at uh, in Lexington this weekend.
1: There so you
2: go. They're already drawing attention.
1: Yeah, the first of many to to come for them. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, let's move to six, A Oakland and Maryville round six in the playoffs <laughs> with these six consecutive semifinals winning these two teams.
2: Somebody's going to lose for the first time this year, and it's going to cost them everything. Yes, um, This is a kind of game you kind of wish was at a neutral site mm-hmm. uh, to really see what these, these teams can do. They, they match up really well. They're both averaging around eight points per game uh, on defense, yeah, you know, Maryville's reached the finals, what, is it 20 straight years now that they reach reached the semis? I'm sorry. Yeah. The semifinals for 20 straight years. Um, you know, who's more battle-tested? You know, Maryville held Alcoa three points. You know, you know they have um, Mr. Football Finals, quarterback Cade uh, Chambers, who can run and pass. It's going to be a challenge for Oakland. The winner of this game is likely going to lift the trophy. Uh, but uh, – you look in Oakland's backfield, It's an embarrassment of riches. They have three 500-yard rushers. They have nine running backs with over 100 yards at some point in uh, in this season. But I think it's all going to be on Cody Sparks. I keep waiting for that game where Oakland stumbles. I think it's this game. I think Maryville's going to win this
3: game. Took the words out of my mouth. Uh, Oakland has quietly stumbled the last couple of weeks. They've won. But with MJ taking them into the third quarter and being in that game and even Lebman sticking around just not even it was thirty four to zero. I think some of these teams they paid in the played in the past and you know if anybody's gonna figure out the formula, it's gonna be mariville. Yes. I just think the way that they have quietly maybe taken a misstep here and there. I think Maribel fix that out, figures that out this week. I think the rebels playing at home. I think the home has been a been a kind of a common theme for me today. I think Marvel wins.
1: I really think that the so-called stumble is more of a misstep for Oakland. If that makes any sense, their are so their misstep is other people's stumbles. That's how good Oakland is. Mm. And so I kind of think Oakland is businesslike because they've been all year long. They're going to just handle business again. Maryville's going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at them. They're going to need the kitchen sink to try to win this game. They destroyed Maryville last year. Maryville's got revenge on their minds. But I don't know that Oakland isn't the best team in the state, regardless of classification. And I think they go to Maryville and get a win. And and
2: I'm not going to disagree with you. I think Oakland's the better team. I do. I just – there's just something gnawing at me that says that this may be – it's not a trap game, you know what it is. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you you, you just you feel it. Yeah. You, you can feel it that.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's something else there. You guys bring up good points right there. I mean they they've had some they've had some stumbles in the last couple of weeks, but that might be their misstep. That might be their limit. Maybe. That's maybe. That's, that's kind of what I think about this Oakland. Team. I think
2: they're going to have to have 300 yards rushing. if
3: They're going to beat Mererville though.
1: They are the team to do it, and what a huge just weight
3: on both teams' shoulders we've already said, just oh yeah, everything coming down to this game, yeah, oh yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. hard to believe it just yeah. you've played that well all year long, and both teams have, and you know probably any other classification, both of them are in a in the state title, but these two powerhouses just have to meet in the semifinals. That's, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is a game that is actually meant
2: for a bigger stage. Yeah. And it, it really is. And, and this is, this would be an argument for semifinals even being in, in a neutral location. Uh, I know we could argue about that, and I really don't want to. But I'm just saying this would be an argument you could make yep. because it's one of those games where you could fill up a stadium, a good size stadium, to watch these two teams yeah. play.
3: Oh, trust me, I've heard a lot of those comparisons about high school teams and some place down on West
1: End. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, no one else is going to bring that one up, but thank yeah, you for doing that. Yeah, yeah yes. for doing that. Yeah. 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 But uh, the other half, the western half of the bracket in six A, Houston at Ravenwood. I've,
2: um, I mean th- these teams have met once, and I think it was 2016. Ravenwood was a 45 to 14 winner. Uh. Wow, Houston Mustangs! Ever uh, in Region Seven, they were number one, undefeated. Uh, beat Germantown and Whitehaven. I could—that was the score that really jumped out at me, because I thought that Whitehaven, with the three UT commits on defense, I thought that they would be able to hold. Uh, I thought they'd be able, able to hold Houston down, and uh, it was amazing to me. So this team has got some. Some solid offense and defense. They're allowing only 15.6 points per game on defense, and they're putting up 43.4 points per game on offense. The, This team put up 453 yards of offense on Whitehaven, mm-hmm. 294 through the air. You know their quarterback Ethan Burns has 1707 yards passing, 27 TDs. He only threw three picks, but then again, it's Ravenwood. <laughs> It's Ravenwood. Yep. It's Reggie Grimes. It's it's Tony Rice. It's well, hopefully it's Tony Rice. Yeah, um, yeah you yeah. hope you hope he's able to play. Yeah. It's Johnston. It's Brenningstuhl. It's unfortunately Houston. <laughs> I'm going with Houston.
3: Uh, oh man, and it's hard not to. You look at the just the scores, and they had a three week span there in the. It's all in the playoffs. Last game of the regular season. Put up fifty against Southwind, fifty six against Germantown, fifty five against White Station. They're just rolling offensively. Yeah. But you mentioned then it's Ravenwood, and I keep saying, well, I doubt them against Cane Ridge. That didn't turn out very good. I doubt them against Brentwood. That didn't turn out very good. Look, I I could probably doubt them in this one, and I'm just look. If I do it a third time, I'm gonna feel bad, especially if they win. I gotta go Ravenwood here, just because I've I've gone against them so many times. And look, I think their defense too. Their defense is gonna be, their defense is gonna be a huge factor in this game. When's the last time uh, a Houston team has played a defense like this? I know they put up a put up some really serious points, especially against Whitehaven. And the thing that gives me confidence in the Ravenwood t- and the Raptors as well is that just knowing their offense, if something happens, they're always in a game. As long as they're within 20-something with some time on the clock, they're in a game. We saw that against Pulaski. They're always in a game. So I just think that and them being at home, I've got to stick with uh, the Raptors. It is
1: funny you mentioned the Pulaski game because ever since then, they've given up an average of eight points per game. And Houston hasn't been in any close games this year. They've had one with a margin of a group of ten or less. I don't know if Houston gets behind if they can keep up. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. I'm going to take Ravenwood here. I guess I'm believing in the, all the mid-state teams that are left, but uh, Ravenwood at home, if they can play on their own home field, that's, that's another. thing That's too. another
2: thing there because you know it's supposed to be rainy and we don't know what that field's going to be like. They could be playing at Franklin. They could be that's playing true. at Nolansville again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and this very well, and it, this very well may come down to a Luke Acres field goal. I mean, it really, it really it could. could. Um, and and trust me, I, I you, know, the more you guys talk. The more I'm, I'm like,
3: uh-oh, do we have our first reversal of the year? <laughs> we've, we've not had <laughs> one yet. Get the eraser out. I, I, I don't know if that's allowed. Does,
1: <laughs> does he have his challenge flag ready? I don't know.
3: <laughs> you get one redo a year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Give know. me Ravenwood. <laughs> All right. Oh, there you okay, go. we did it.
1: We've had a reversal. We did it. <laughs> we have had a reversal. We did it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the more you guys made some solid arguments, and the, really the thing that jumped out to me was, A, that Pulaski game. I – where it was a track meet, and Ravenwood proved that they could keep up. Yep. And I had forgotten that. I'd for I, I mean, I'd remembered you know certain aspects of it, but I'd forgotten how much of a track meet that game was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing the other thing is is that I don't think that Houston's seen a team like Ravenwood. I mean, Whitehaven's a different a different animal. Uh, a lot of those teams out in Memphis are a different. Animal. They're not like these uh these teams I think Matt Daniels has something in mind here and it, it it'll surprise me if he's not he doesn't have something schemed up for them yeah.
3: just, just wait till he comes back next week and still ask him for a half a point or a half a win I on his honest record I know, right
2: <laughs> I still want well I mean it's easy to, it's uh, I had a 50/50 choice, but I gave you an a, an exact thing. I told you if they scored 20, they would win.
1: Yeah, but you got your reversal this week, so you're trading in that half point right oh, now. Okay. There you, go. Is that there what you, go. you go. go. I mean, I think it's fair. I think it's okay. fair. Okay, it's fair. It's fair. I think it's, it's fair.
2: fair. And uh I I probably just doomed Ravenwood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Maybe not. Hopefully, they'll get to play at home. We'll monitor that situation through the week because you know it's been tough with it, their field, of, what shape it's been in.
2: Yeah, I and and that's the thing. You you just don't know what uh, what position that's in. You yeah. know? Um. You know, they've had to move it, and now it's it's just been very rainy in the last few weeks. Yeah. It's really not been allowed to dry out for anything of time.
1: No. No, and, and more rain forecast this week as well. We'll see how it turns out. Hopefully they'll be at home, but uh, we will we will certainly see about that. And we'll certainly see about uh, who's going to be in Cookville. Next week this time we'll be talking about nine games. Man. And the championships are here. and will be plenty to digest and, and, and break down, and we'll do all that next week on the 615 Preps podcast. But that's all the time we've got this week. For Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi, I'm Chris Brooks. We'll see you next time.
3: Gobble, gobble. You dog, you. <laughs> 615
2: Preps Podcast is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.